this is Drinking with the Gnome. It's not what you expect, though. I'm on vacation, or I was on vacation. We were in Gatlinburg with the family, the kid, the wife, the, 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 the in-laws, the, everybody you can think of. I had like a thousand people staying in one house, and I was going insane. I needed to go get a drink. And there's one thing that is just in your face everywhere you go in Gatlinburg. Moonshine. So, I made a call or sent an email to Sugarlands, the what I think is the best moonshine distillery in Gatlinburg, and asked if they would be willing to sit down and talk to me for a minute, talk about the culture behind moonshine, the product itself, the, the experience of Sugarlands, and what makes it so special, and they agreed. So, I grabbed all my stuff and hiked down through the hectic downtown area of Gatlinburg, set up shop, and talked to them for a few minutes about what it's all about. We drank some moonshine, we had some cocktails, we enjoyed the sunshine and the mountains, and, and talked about this thing that doesn't really exist in a lot of places. You can find a lot of wine tastings, a lot of, uh, and I use wine very loosely, there's some, some very terrible wine, which is a whole different show in itself, but uh, there's even a brewery in downtown Gatlinburg now called uh, the Gatlinburg Brewing Company, uh, clever enough. Uh, there's there's a lot of drinking to be done. There's a lot of great bars, and but moonshine is still at the core of what the town is. So that's the one thing that I felt we really needed to showcase. Jump into this interview where we dive into what makes Sugarlands so freaking fantastic. <laughs> Sugarlands Distilling. Um, the the name Sugarlands first. Where does that come from? I've heard I've seen a couple other things around that are Sugarlands this or Sugarlands that. So the Sugarlands name comes from uh, an area in the park right outside, right in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, uh, and there were some original settlers that came in, and because of the the large quantity of sugar maples, um, it became the Sugarlands, um, and it was also obviously a pretty rich area as far as. Uh, the ability to farm and agriculture, and then the biodiversity as well. So, which is all stuff that kind of lends itself to moonshine very well. I I assume that at that time there was a lot of moonshining going on in this area. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, Silver Cloud, which is our traditional Tennessee uh, sour mash, we named that after uh, they they used to say the silver clouds that came off the mountains, and kind of it depends on who you talk to. Some will say that it was coming off steam, coming off of stills. Others will just say it's the Smoky Mountains. Right, right. But yeah, I, 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 at I one like point I'd like coming off stills. Yeah, exactly. At one point I'd like to believe that there were so many stills that it was steam truly coming off the stills. <laughs> so, I I know a little bit about moonshine. You know, obviously it's kind of the base of all of the uh, the whiskey that we're we're familiar with to some extent. Um, Tell me a little bit about the process, about what, what is moonshine, I guess is the easy way to put it. So moonshine can be a wide variety of things. You know, colloquially, it's just a broad-ranging term for untaxed liquor. So, uh, you know, there's there's moonshine versions of gin. There's moonshine versions. Are you telling me you guys don't pay taxes? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the legal side of moonshining that we do. So really, I mean, to, to be honest with you, what we do is not much different from the local uh, the local moonshiners back in the day, the recipes they used to use, the styles they used to uh, take. And one of the biggest differences is, is we have a consistency and quality of product. 
and obviously pay a lot of taxes <laughs> on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that was, you know, for anybody that has tried maybe not legal moonshine, you really never know what you're getting. Like yeah. it's Sometimes you get something that's like, I can see some potential in this. Most of the time you get something that is not that great because it doesn't have some of that process and the, the, the quality and the consistency, which is what's fun about this new explosion of kind of craft moonshine is that a good way to put kind of what this is like it's a it's a it's a it's a well-crafted kind of thing Um, obviously in a place like Gatlinburg it's become a big thing it's it's become part of kind of the culture of what this kind of the the drinking side of this town is 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 moonshine I mean there's plenty of wineries and there's a few breweries and stuff too but it's 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 a moonshine town I guess Um, I, I assume primarily tourists though right like this is not yeah. A town where you have, you know, like a local moonshine bar where people sit around sipping on moonshine, right? Um, we do get a fair amount of locals, but just Gatlinburg as a whole, uh, is you'd be surprised at the small population that is truly locals who live here. Um, you know, primarily the foot traffic comes from tourists, as you mentioned. Right. And so um, one of my favorite things about what we get to do here at Sugarlands is introduce people who are unfamiliar with it to the heritage and the tradition that has made this area what it is. And a large portion, to your point, is moonshine. And uh, I, I think that's something that we do really well is be authentic is one of our big mottos that we say. And it's, you know, we want to present an authentic heritage experience to people who are coming and seeing this area for the first time. And hopefully it'll become a part of their family tradition. I tell you, it just it feels right too. Like when you know we're we're staying in a in a cabin down here with five hundred family members, it feels like sometimes. But there's a lot of us, and I tell you what, like in the evening, you grab a rocking chair and sit out on the porch and with a bottle of moonshine, and it just it feels right. It feels like what you're supposed to be doing. I, I'm a huge beer drinker, but I just keep finding myself going back to moonshine when I'm here. <laughs> well, and, and I don't well, know what it is, but moonshine lends itself to a lot of varieties. And so if somebody's not necessarily, you know, your white lightning fan, your pure Tennessee sour mashed, really uh, corn in a jar type of taste, uh, the nice thing is we can find tweaks on it. You know, apple pie is our best seller. Right. And uh, I think that's because it's a more approachable proof and it's a really phenomenal flavor. And so that's, that's nice that, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what drinking background you have, that we, there's kind of in this area, this town uh, and all the different companies, there's, there's a brand and there's a flavor for you. How many different flavors do you guys have at any given time? And I assume there's some kind of rotation between some of those flavors. So we have 27 uh, at the most, and those, that includes uh, let's see, two seasonals uh, right now. And so, uh, and some of those are not just straight moonshines. So we do a hazelnut rum as well. Um, oh, wow. It's very popular. And then we do a rum-based cream liqueur. I saw that at the store the other. So we were going camping uh, in the in the spring, and I was admittedly going to get bourbon cream from Buffalo Trace, which is my favorite campfire thing when I'm at home. And I saw that sitting there and I said, oh, well, that's, I, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> and so my wife's like, all right, we need to stop and we need to get some when we're down there. And I said, yes, yes we do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, uh, it's, it's been shocking to me, the popularity that that's had. And it's really reached a whole new demographic for us. Um, you know, we're able to play around with it and have some fun, as, as you can see with our flavors. I mean, we have a, an electric orange that's just like a <laughs> creamsicle melted down into a jar with a little bit of booze. I'm a, I'm a huge cigar fan, too. Okay. And I tell you what, like those, the, the, any of those cream uh, liquors, the, the little bit of sweetness that that adds to it is just so good with the cigar, which, again, is perfect for being out here in the mountains and kind of just sitting there and, and kicking back. I like the, uh, 
the, the social side of Moonshine too. There's something about you know sitting around and just cracking open a jar and passing it around and just just sitting there and talking until that jar is gone. You know, like there's something about that kind of communal thing that you don't necessarily get with a 12 pack of beer or whatever it may be that you're drinking. So there's this whole other side to that too. That uh, the drinking side, not even you know, um, the you know, as much as there's um, kind of a a history and a heritage behind the, the the making of moonshine. There's something to that that drinking too that I like. That's uh well, and you know, community is a big thing to this area. It has been for a long time, and uh, it's one of the reasons that when the original founding people came to this area, they had to look out for each other. They had to have each other's back, and so sharing was very much a part of that culture. And to your point, that's one of the great things about moonshine is that has not gone away. I mean, if you look at what we're sitting at right now, it's an octagonal post. Um, and that's how all of our sipping posts are designed. And, you know, that's to kind of emulate that campfire feel. Right. Obviously, we can't have open flame in a distillery. That would not <laughs> go very well. But, uh, you know, it kind of emulates that campfire feel. We're all sitting around and, you know, everybody's making engagement across the post. And So you talk about this being a distillery. You guys do make the moonshine right there, right? When yep. you walk in the door, the big still, when you walk in, that's the actual production space. It's not done in some kind of factory somewhere and shipped over here in some kind of fake uh, thing for tourists. It's This is, this is a distillery, right? Yeah, it's uh, this is our only location and uh, the only place we produce out of. And so it's kind of shocking when people get back there and I'll take you back there and give you a tour at the end of this, but uh, it's really surprising even to myself the amount of product that we can crank out of that small space. Um, but it takes a family yeah, and it takes a tight-knit family to get it done and uh, that's one of my favorite things about this company and, again, going back to that heritage and that culture again, is that everybody pitches in and you look out for each other and you, you have each other's back and help out where needed. Right. And so. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited about the, the, the drinking world. You know, I, like I said, I'm a big craft beer fan. That's, that's where I primarily spend most of my time. And there's a huge community behind that and that's and as I've kind of drifted into the, the spirits world it's not like that with every kind of spirits there are a lot of distilleries that are their own little machine that does their thing and it's a a, a factory is a good way to put it and then you see places like this and you can tell that there's a little bit something behind what's going on here and I, that, that gets me excited about it and uh, makes me feel good about it I guess well I mean and, and to toot Greg Greg Item is our head distiller to kind of toot his horn a little bit you know that that is something that he's very strongly opinionated about is that this is a brotherhood and the Distillers Guild, he's actually was, you know, one of the instrumental members in getting the Tennessee Distillers Guild up and running, um, is that you, it's a brotherhood. And, you know, everybody does better. Kind of a, a, a high water raises all boats. Right. And so if we can kind of always, everybody bring their best game to the table, you know, ultimately Tennessee's going to become a destination not only just for moonshine, but for distilling a lot of variety of products. So, kind of going on that same line there, so there are other places around, there's other places very close by. Is there a friendliness between the different distilleries in town, or is there more competition than... Uh, um, for us, there's zero competition as far as, as, as animosity goes. We love the fact that this is, you know, Moonshine is a part of the community here. Um, and what, kind of what I mentioned earlier is that if, you know, there's flavors for everybody. And it may not necessarily be something that they find at Sugarlands, right. But if they can go find it somewhere else here in town, guess what? They're going to be coming back again. And then maybe they bring some more people with them. And the next time some of those people that came with them, they find a Sugarlands flavor that they love. So I think, you know, it, it, 
it's great for the area to see all the distilleries get along and uh, work together to make this environment and this experience the best it can possibly be for people who are unfamiliar with this territory. Well, and if, if somebody is a fan of Moonshine, if you have one distillery in town that puts out, even if it's a great product, if you have one, it, this doesn't become a hub for Moonshine. Whereas if you have several places and, you know, there's a little bit of competition, a little bit of... Then it, all of a sudden now it becomes this place that, say, I live in Nebraska, and I'm like, I need to go on vacation, and I really like Moonshine. Maybe I'm going to go to Gatlinburg just because that's the moonshine capital of the United States. And it's, it's, it's a fun thing. And it's uh, something we do see a little bit with beer. You see those cities that they become beer cities because it's a group of breweries that are doing great things. So. Yeah, and I think that's what you know Cincinnati's benefited from a lot. You see it with Indiana and some of that 10-4 big boy collaborative stuff that they're doing uh, with Three Floyds and all yeah. that. I think it's really cool to see some of the smaller craft companies, both on the distilling and the brewing side, come together and look out for each other and uh, support each other and just champion the whole uh, the whole genre the whole the whole realm of things together it's it's neat to me to see a product like like moonshine and how it becomes this regional thing I mean it's everywhere I mean I mm-hmm. we, we, it's easily on our shelves back in Cincinnati but you don't see a lot you don't see a moonshine distillery I mean we have some little places that maybe that's what they're making until they have something else, but you don't see places that are focused on this product. And so it's neat to see like a region that that kind of owns that heritage and says, here's who we are and this is what we do. Um, not that, again, you talked about rum. You know, you do have other products, but this is the soul of what this is. It's a it's a moonshine distillery, and that's, that's fun to kind of watch. You don't see a lot of regions that have that. You've got, you know, bourbon in Kentucky, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of other places in the United States like this is our thing and like it's that's fun you know it's a uh it makes it exciting coming coming down here and, and trying something. Yeah, I mean, there's something really special with the distilling community in this area. And I, I feel like if there was a lot of animosity, it wouldn't be the same environment and the same welcoming and inviting environment for, for that it is for people. And it really needs to be because it's an introduction to our heritage. And Talk about some of the specific products that you guys have kind of year-round. Obviously, you have just the regular white lightning, um, the straight-up moonshine. Um, what are some of the other seasonals, or not seasonals, uh, the other core kind of things? So the uh, apple pie, obviously. Yeah, too. so I mentioned apple pie. That's our best seller by far. Um, our peach moonshine uh, does very well. So we have we have a relationship with the Moonshiner Show on Discovery Channel. Right. And we work with several of the gentlemen from that show and ladies. Um, and so we actually we have two collaborative flavors with Mark and Digger off of that show. Um, and that's a rye apple moonshine. That sounds good. It's delicious. Uh, and then the hazelnut rum I mentioned earlier. Uh, and then Jim Tom, who he's kind of that, that rye whiskey, rye whiskey, mm-hmm. that, that guy that was on the first uh, few seasons. He does our he does our unaged rye whiskey for us. Oh, that's fun. Um, and that's awesome. I mean, that's a cook style. It, it, it's really a traditional um, process with a pot still. Are there a lot of rye moonshines around? Because that's not something that I think I've ever really seen just kind of browsing the shelves and stuff. Uh, not majority rye, or what we would call, you know, over 50% rye. You'll see some have a little bit of rye in their, in their mash bill, but uh, I, I haven't found too many moonshines that are predominantly rye. Um, and so that's why, we, you know, we have three different straights that we offer. We have that Tennessee Sour Mash called Silver Cloud that I mentioned. Uh, we have Jim Tom's Unaged Rye. And then our most recent release is a Talladega 50th Anniversary Corn Whiskey. So and you guys partner with NASCAR too, right? That's yeah, so we're the official moonshine of NASCAR, uh, and that's been a great relationship so, for which us. Which is a brilliant kind of uh, 
company to pair up with. I mean, for yeah, anybody that doesn't know, NASCAR exists because of Moonshine, and there's a whole story there. I should probably write an article or we, something about that. We have that. a little bit of a collaborative story to tell, and so I think that's <laughs> been fun. I mean, we've been able to, to help them explore their roots of where they started and then also challenge us to, to speak to a new demographic. Uh, while it's very similar to the current demographic we have, but just to open up a whole new audience. And so that corn whiskey is a very, very traditional corn whiskey. Uh, you know, some people say corn in a jar type of taste. Right. Um, and we felt like that really paid good homage to, to a traditional anniversary style race. Um, and then, so we obviously have a wide variety of flavors as well. Um, we have Tickles Dynamite Cinnamon, which tickles another guy from the Moonshiner mm-hmm. show. Uh, Mark Rogers does a peach for us, and that's my personal favorite. I think uh, I've had that one too before. Yeah, it, it, you talk about a campfire moonshine, something that you, you, you take the top off and just throw it into the woods and, and kind of pass it around. That's the that's my favorite for that. Uh, and then Patty, uh, off of the show, she does a Mayhaw moonshine for us, which is a very unique flavor. It's uh, it's really neat. It's a it's almost like a cranberry and a crab apple type of flavor. It's got a little bit of tartness to it, but you can definitely taste the corn come through on the back end. Awesome. So the... And, you, you guys are in 50 states now, is that right? Or no, close? not quite. Okay. We, uh, so we are in 28 markets in okay. 24 states. Okay. So um, I believe that's correct. My, my sales manager may get mad at me. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's pretty close to what we are. If you're curious, if you can get it around your area, I know you can get on the website and there's a little thing you can just type in your zip code and it'll tell you uh, the closest place that you can, you yeah. can get it. Yeah, so we have, a, we have a great tool as a resource on our website. It's uh, findmoonshine.com. And it's a link onto our actual website. And you can just pop in your zip code there, and you can judge 10-mile, 25-mile, 50-mile, 100-mile radius, and it'll span out and tell you what liquor store is nearest to you carry our products. Which, if, if you live in Cincinnati, which I assume most of our audience is still Cincinnati people, it's all over the place. You can get it at a Party Source and Jungle Gyms and all of these places, the big liquor stores that everybody loves, and um, a really good variety of the flavors, too. Like, there's plenty of stuff around. But I still think you're better off coming down here because there's an entire wall of moonshine. <laughs> Literally, an entire wall of the distilleries, different flavors. And um, there's um, a very, very good deal for coming down here and getting a, a tasting. It's technically $5, but then you get $5 off of whatever you purchase in the store. So it's kind of free. But <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, we like to say we support educated consumers. So uh, yeah. there's there's a, a bar out back on what you guys call the back porch mm-hmm. because it's Tennessee, so of course it's the back porch, and you can get cocktails and uh, sit outside. And I think you guys do live music and stuff out there, and uh, it's just it's the perfect environment for just sitting around and drinking moonshine with your friends. And um, it's 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 awesome. It's fantastic down here. This is one of those things that. We don't get experiences like this um, back home, so it's it's fun. Well, thank you. It's uh, you know we feel really blessed to be here and to to be a part of this world and to, and to be working down here in this beautiful spot in the middle of the Smoky Mountain National Park. I mean, we look out back right there, and it doesn't get much better as a backdrop. No, for we were when we were driving down, we were kind of laughing. It's like you know there there are people that live here, and we come down here for a vacation, and we spend every night kind of staring at the mountains, like oh this is the greatest thing, and it's like. There has to be those moments where you're in your daily hustle and bustle and you kind of you, you forget like you, that this is where you are. And then you like get those moments where you stop and you're, oh, my God, yeah, look. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, 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 it's crazy to me to think about that. You know, I assume that's for a lot of places, but, you know, that yeah. this is just where you live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't taken a lunch break and just wandered off into a trail real quick for 30 minutes right, and then right. come back. I mean, it's... It's, it's great. I mean, this access, and this is, I truly believe, one of the most beautiful places in the country. Um, 
and to be able to work and 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 come and and have fun in an area like this on a daily basis is is pretty unique. If somebody is coming down here for vacation and they want to find an authentic uh, Tennessee drinking experience, what is an off the wall kind of, or off the off the beaten path kind of thing that they need to do that? Besides, obviously, coming here to the distillery. Hmm. Um, if you're going to be up in Gatlinburg, you need to check out kind of one of the local bars here. It's a place called Hogs, mm-hmm. uh, Upstairs Tavern, and it's been here for a long time. That's uh, pretty close by, right? Yeah, it? it's just There's right down the street. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're really good to us, and um, they get a, have a strong sense of community as well. Perfect. But uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention to you, are you a rye whiskey fan at all? Absolutely. So we have one aged product. Oh, wow. um, we do a we do a straight rye whiskey. It's called Roaming Man. It's named after Wiley Oakley, who was the Roaming Man of the Smoky Mountains. Um, and so, you know, he back before there was really any television, uh, he he would go and discover different parts of the park, and then would do a radio broadcast oh, and cool. <laughs> uh, kind of explain his travels and his adventures. That's, that's right up my wheelhouse. That's um, maybe that's my next podcast. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's golly, what a great job. <laughs> he. Uh, he was our inspiration for it. And, you know, as we kind of try and find our identity in aged products, you know, we figured what better name than Roaming Man. And, uh, and so that's, that's exploded for us. We, we, we kind of flexed our nerdy side a little bit with it. Uh, I mean, we do, we, we fully disclose the process, the mash bill on the side, um, and even down to the, the barrel char, the size barrel, the evaporation rate, everything. All that that's information cool. is disclosed. And then you even get like a little gas chromatogram which is uh, you know, a breakdown of the compounds that lend right. flavors into your whiskey. So uh, you know, we, we take ourselves seriously every once in a while. And like the, you know. But it's cool because you know, there is like a different, there's a different culture around drinking something like moonshine out of a jar versus drinking a rye whiskey out of a little, little snifter tasting glass or something. Like there's very different cultures around that. And trying to find that bridge between the two has is, is, is got to be interesting. <laughs> It, yeah, it's been very interesting. Thankfully, we've got a we've got a director's team and, and a strategic team that has done a pretty deft job of, of navigating that. Which, for the record, if you want to put your moonshine in a little tasting glass and sniff at it too, that's that is completely okay, and I support <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sitting down with me and taking some time out. Um, I'm going to kind of wander around here and check this place out and drink some moonshine. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to come by and see everything. Of and, course. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful time while you're in town. And oh, absolutely. get out into the mountains and take a jar of moonshine with you. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. I mentioned at the top of the show, there's a lot to drink in Gatlinburg and there's a lot of drinking experiences, I guess, that that need to be had and way more than I have time to talk to in this short format show. So jump on to thegnarlygnome.com and you can probably just get on the little search bar there and type Gatlinburg and hopefully by this time, by the time the episode is up, you can read a post about where to drink in Gatlinburg and it will tell you kind of about the uh, the unique drinking culture there and some of the unique places to grab a drink or some of the unique places I grabbed a drink because I probably missed some and if I did miss some, uh, just comment on there, send me an email and say, hey, Gnome, you screwed this up. So Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with another episode of Drinking with the Gnome. We'll be back, hopefully, every week with a new episode of Drinking with the Gnome. Uh, Wherever you are and whatever you like to drink, drink it. Be gnarly. Drink differently. Drink differently.